Blog Talk Radio.
Shalom, shalom. I want to thank you all for listening to Five Smooth Stone Radio Station, home of the Hebrews, home of the Israelites, where they have been awakening from amnesia unto their true identity. I want you to join us here every week with Brother Seth as we talk about a different subject and a different title on every one of his program. On Sundays, we have Proof Biblical Jews 101, and that is 11.30 p.m. And on Tuesdays, we have Racial Matters and Solution at midnight. Thursday, we have New World Watch Society at midnight. On Saturdays, we have the International Israelite Forum. And we'll keep you in touch concerning the time on that. And I want to thank you all for listening to Five Smooth Stone Radio, home of the Hebrew, the Israelites. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Blog Talk Radio with your host, Five Smooth Stones. I am Brother Seth. I want to thank everybody for stopping by. I want to thank everybody for supporting the show and stopping by every single week, some of y'all. Um, Tonight, we're going to be talking about, um, as you know, tonight's show is called Racial Matters and Solutions. We do this every Tuesday night, and we have a special show for you, and I do mean special. I at first decided to um, go one direction and kind of switch it to the last minute, so whenever that happens, it's always for a reason. So we'll just see what the Most High will do out of this um, time we have together tonight. Um, I want y'all to be prayerful about this particular time together. I mean, and I don't just say that to be religious. I really value um, time on this uh, blog, and I really look for answers as much as I'm trying to give answers. And, um, I mean, some people think I'm just totally about um, giving answers, but I look for answers because tonight we're talking about several things, Okay. We're talking about several things on tonight's show. As a matter of fact, let me just go ahead and open up and read the description for tonight's show to kind of give you an idea of what I'm talking about. It really is open forum. It really is open forum, although I have posted some stuff here, posted some information. But this is what the show description says. Um, racial matters and solutions. And then the topic would be something inside so strong. Something inside so strong. I go on to write, what in the world did black people ever do? Did I miss something? What did black people ever do to go through so much hell for so, so long? Let me repeat that. Again, what in the world did black people ever do? Did I miss something? What did black people ever do? do to go through so much hell for so, so long. And I went on to write, there was a a giant fight between Earth's two prevailing forces. I never saw so much warring and bloodshed between two enemies during my lifespan. But in the end, in the very end, love beat the hell out of hate. The fight was never really close in the first place. My goodness, when I was alive on the earth, I'm so, so glad 
I chose to love and forgive, even when it seemed most of the time for sure that the haters was ahead. And I went on to write, we wish this is our testimony after we're done on the earth, right? But is it? Which side are you really on right now, friend? Let's talk at midnight tonight on racial matters and solutions. This is our topic, folks, which is pretty much open forum. But, again, looking at this this topic, something inside so strong, and answer, asking the questions, what did black people ever do to be so hated, to be at the bottom of every single aspect of our society? Surely we have done something. And like I said, um, you know, in the parable I used about the fight on the earth, there's truly, truly, if not the greatest war being fought, it's one of them between love and hate. So before I begin, because I'm ready to begin, y'all know me, I can always talk about racism because we can always use improvement in racism and it's one subject that we always avoid. Nobody wants to talk about it, but everybody wants to practice it. <laughs> so before I begin, let's hear a word from one of our supporters, one of our sponsors. Stay tuned. Shalom. My name is Kingdom. I am a website designer, and I want to thank you for listening to our Smoothstone Radio. If you need a website for your business, your ministry, or just personal, you can go to practicalwebsolution.com. That is practicalwebsolution, with no S, dot com. Or you can call me for a free consultation at 954-372-7469. That is 954-372-7469. And I want to thank you all for listening to Five Smooth Stone Radio where the truth of the biblical Hebrews are being brought forth during these last days, where Israel, the Israelites of the Bible, are awakening from amnesia to its true identity. The Hebrews of the Bible, which are called the Israelites, are so-called modern-day Negroes, all the large tribes of Israel, which are scattered all over this planet. Come down by the set on a weekly basis right here, right here on Block Talk Radio as we embark on a challenging journey to assemble the lost tribe of Israel, God's chosen people. Yes, the Israelites are God's chosen people. And we are going to go back to our land. There will never be peace in the Middle East till God's chosen people are back in the land. And that is correct. Every time I hear it, I have to come. I have to follow that with a. That is correct. No peace in the Middle East. I like the way that sounds, folks. We here at Five Smooth Stone are very serious about bringing the principles of the Kingdom of the Most High to. Who all that listen? I'm not going to even say the masses because that sounds greedy. I'm just going to say who all that will listen, one by one by one. 
And uh, speaking of one by one by one, uh, those that are forming in the chat room there, I want to thank everybody uh, for being there uh, so early. Uh, and those of you on the phone lines, I want to thank you as well. If you have a question or comment and you're on the phone line, you need to press 1. Brother Seth to see your hand, and I'll open up the phone lines and listen to your questions. All right, if you're in the chat room and you have a question, you need to simply type your question. So, again, welcome everybody in the chat room. Please uh, feel free to just ask any questions or make any comments you like, as long as it's in subject, hopefully. All right. Um, this is a song that's kind of actually the title of the message that um, I said uh, earlier, which is something that sounds so strong. I want y'all to check this out, and then we'll begin after this sobering song. This song is going to set the tone for tonight's topic, and uh, you'll see what I mean once you hear it, if you haven't already heard it, okay? Again, tonight's topic is something inside so strong. We're going we're gonna to talk about this this thing inside of us that just won't give up when we are pressed in every single uh, area of our society. And we're going to talk about something inside so strong. What make people strong? Okay? Check this out, folks.
every single nation, every single non-white nation, produce so-called white-skinned people. So white-skinned people, it's impossible for them to inherit Europe. That can't be their place of residency because initially the whole planet was dark-skinned or brown or dust-colored. It wasn't called black, so this is no points for nobody to stick their chest up and look down at anybody. None of us have control over how we look. I'm just talking about science, science, and the Bible all day long. They are one. So what I'm saying is the most high made people put in the garden, all of them was brown. All of them was dust-colored. White skin came as a result of sin, just like losing hair came as a result of sin, just like getting being too tall came as a result of sin. When you're too tall and it hurts your joints, that came as a result of sin. Being too short to where it hurts you, if it caused any type of diseasing, then that is a result of sin. The Most High never wanted his people to be diseased anyway. So when I use the word black and white tonight, please understand I'm just trying to get you to know who I'm talking about. I probably should say new Europeans to talk about so-called white people. And as far as African Americans, I should just say the name of who they are, the Israelites, one of the lost tribes, okay? So, but I say black and white because I don't want to flip y'all out with saying Hebrew and all that, okay? Just for the, So understanding racial matters and solution, we're trying to get to the bottom of things. And you can't get to the bottom of things, keep giving strength to lies. There's no such thing as a white race, no such thing as a black race. There's no race based upon color. That's a brand-new lie concocted by white supremacists, really by Satan using white supremacists. So, like I said earlier, everybody have pain. I don't want in any way belittle pain. But tonight I want to talk about something else that I read earlier, and that is what did black people do to become so, so oppressed? In every single aspect of life, we hold the crown for being at the very bottom. Think about these areas as I name them. I'm going to name 30 areas. Some people say there's only eight areas of society, eight aspects of society. I think there's 30. I got 30. I don't know how people got eight. But in the area of education, what nation of people, what group of people seem to be educated the least? Okay. What group of people seem to graduate the least? What group of people seem to get the the worst educators or the poorest quality of teachers the most? What school system seems to have the much the most trouble? What teachers seem to be the less creative? If you got the color so called black in every one of your answers, you are correct. Why is that? In the area of socialism, socializing Social issues. We're talking about civil rights and just just every aspect of simply socializing. Who suffer more with identity crisis, 
just getting along with people, talking to other people, communication. This is all socialism. Who suffer? What lies circle about these people more? What people are more mistreated in the area of socializing, socially speaking? If you got so-called black people, you're absolutely right. Health and medicine. Who is the most taken care of? Who is the healthiest? Who gets the least amount of take uh, least amount of care? And this is not about the problem tonight. This is not a show that we're just going to talk about the big giant problem and just end the show. No, 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 no. But health and medicine. Who gets the most proper medicated? Who get the who get taken care of? Who get the the best doctors? Who get the poorest doctors? Who get treated the least? Science and technology. Who benefits from science and technology? Who benefit the least from science and technology? Who's given credit for advancing in science and technologies when when our when so called black scientists do do many great things and they do? We just don't know about it. And lots of things in regards to the computer. And I don't want to get off into naming all of the thousands and thousands of inventions by black people, but I'm just saying I'll leave that to them in February. But I'm just saying science and technology, we are not given credit for our contributions and we're not uh we get we take we are we're benefited by the least. Housing and zoning, I don't even need, need to even talk about that. Who benefits with regards to housing and zoning? Who have more issues? You know, let's just think about things like white flight. You know, what's up with that? You know, depreciation, real estate depreciated because of people move in. Redlining, you know, when you do move in and you want to be a, a good homeowner, you go to get a loan. What's up with redlining? Not giving loans out to so-called African-Americans. It's even a good name for it, redlining. Environmental issues. Who's affected more by lead poisoning and other types of poisoning and whose, whose neighborhoods are oftentimes placed by uh, environmentally endangered areas? I mean, just environmentally, who suffer? Who get the brunt of a lot of things that's not right? Images and advertisement. Images and advertisement. If you was deaf and you couldn't hear anything and all you could just do is look and see through your eyes, those people that are deaf would understand what I'm saying. Those that are deaf. You look around society and you just look at the images. What are the images saying without hearing a word? <laughs> that one, my friend, is probably the most powerful one out of all of these. These images are screaming. They're whites, the better life. Whites enjoy the better life. You need to be white. Blacks is the problem. Blacks is the weight in our society. They're holding us back. Like I said, they're depreciating our real estate. This is what images say. Just simply smiles on billboards. 
and who's on billboards talking about what? When they do talk about prison or, or child abuse, what images are there? I'm talking about magazine books, anything that can be printed. Laws, rules, bylaws. Who benefit from laws, rules, bylaws, and who suffer? Who suffer from certain laws that are practiced, that are that are implemented at certain times? You know how they have those laws and they're never implemented, but when they do implement it, who gets in the most trouble? What laws are made? What nation of people, what group of people, and I'm not just talking about the United States, I'm talking about the world, really. What people, but I, I'm mainly talking about the United States right now, I would just say that. What group of people in the United States have had more laws to be their enemy than their friends? Jim Crow laws. I'm talking about all laws, bylaws, rules, on-the-job rules, you know, rules that they enforce sometimes. How about this one? Law enforcement or enforcement of the rules. Who end up at the bottom when they begin to start enforcing these rules? Who gets in the most trouble? Who gets reprimanded the most? Who have collisions more with the rules? Judicial and judgment, when you do get in trouble and you are about to pay your, the price for what you have done wrong, who is sentenced the most? Who is punished the most? Correction and rehab. Um, you know, with regards to the prison system, I'm not even going to mention that when y'all know exactly what that's all about. Defense, military. In the in the areas of with regards to our military, what people they always say if you want to get freedom and you want to be treated right, go to the military. Is that true? And what is the military? Why are you treated good there? Because you're about to give your life. <laughs> Who's put on the front line more? Okay, what's the whole thing with the Air Force being so white who don't have as many casualties as the ground soldiers? Don't get me started in the military. Those are the arm of the imperialist military. Hired killers, some people call them. I know these young boys give their life, and I'm not trying to pick on them because they're just doing their job, and they and I really respect them like I probably never respected soldiers, even especially now because these young boys are just trying to live. But they have no idea they work for a vicious, vicious institution a vicious, vicious government that has been on just sucking the life out of every single country on this planet, especially non-white countries, so-called third world countries. Foreign policy. Do I need to say anything on foreign policy? How wicked is the, our foreign policy? Who benefits from our foreign policy? Who profits from our foreign, foreign policy? Who gets wealthy from our foreign policy? Who is made poor by our foreign policy. Okay? Again, we're going somewhere with this. We say something inside so strong. That's how we're going to end. We're going to end this on a good note, but I'm just trying to make it very clear, crystal clear, because some people think that we're operating on a plane, or even playing field when we talk about our white brothers and sisters and how things are in the States. It is so unlevel, so, so unlevel. Okay. We talked about uh, foreign policy. How about foreign exchange, which means with regard to trade, who profits more? Who profits 
more. That's where the oppression really comes in. What nations are, are 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 just ignored if they don't exist? Look at all these African countries that are just not a part of the big the big uh um the financial deals. I mean, why is that? Are y'all aware that that the African farmers have a major issue with the farm subsidy that we give our farmers? With the farm subsidy that the farmers get in the United States, primarily white farmers, that allows them to push out the African farmers. African farmers outbidded American farmers, but then the United States said, oh, we're not going to have that, and they came up with this farm subsidy, and that allows the United States farmers to outbid the African farmers. Africa have become basically a servant. Those farmers can't even really farm and help their own people because they owe the states, and they, they, they're they in, um, what's the word I'm looking for, they have a, um, they're basically is just serving the West and the in Europe, okay? They're 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 slaves in their own country. And I'll tell you somebody who who was uh, a good book on this is Randall Robinson, the guy who was really pushing reparations. He does it has a very good book on this called The Debt. He goes off into that, the debt. You gotta check it out. News and information update. Information is vital. How much Racism do we see when we're just sitting on our couch and just wanting to know what's going on, doing our job, doing our part to be alert and aware and responsible citizen, and look how racist and biased and that the news is. Everybody know this. Every single black person, the sound of my voice, know when they say a man did this, that, and the other, and they don't show his face, he more likely is a Caucasian. Everybody on the sound of my voice should know I'm talking about for sure black people should know that when they do uh, uh, otherwise they're going to show a black person if it was if it was a black man they're going to show his face if it was a white man they don't always show his face so you get this impression that all of the crimes even when white people are doing them it's black people that is something I've learned when I went to Ohio and I've traveled around the different states. I would talk to various black people because I always talk about racism. I don't mind talking about I don't care how uncomfortable people get. I mean, if they don't want to talk about it, that's fine. But, I mean, I'm always interested. It's just it's almost like a calling. And it should be for you, too, because, hey, what do we have if we don't deal with this thing? What do we have if we really don't deal with racism? For real, for real. I mean, all jokes aside, what do we have if we don't deal with racism? Everything. Everything we do, even our children and their children, children, is threatened by this, the biggest giant to socialism, and that is this racism. What do we call racism? How do we define racism here at racial? Come on, y'all, help me out. What do we call racism here at Racial Matters and Solution? We call racism white supremacy slash black inferiority. White supremacy slash black inferiority. White supremacy cannot rule unless non-white people fought it. And by the way, white people are not authors of white supremacy. I know a lot of us think they are and want to blame them as much as <laughs> as much as some of y'all want to, and sometimes I want to myself because we'd like to see our enemy and be able to deal with our enemy. White people is one million light years away from being the fathers of white supremacy. Satan 
is the father of white supremacy. Only Satan could think of something so divisive, something so clever that would divide the nations and just chop up Africa and have those people fighting against themselves and have us fighting against themselves and create some call of Willie Lynch. Willie Lynch ain't the author of the Willie Lynch. Satan is. This is straight from the hearts of evil spirits. Y'all better understand me. Some of y'all get all weird when I start talking about evil spirits. You think that this is something that people are just making up. If you do not believe in the the reality of angels, fallen angels on our planet, I'm going to say something very bold here. I'm going to say you don't even understand. You don't even know your enemy. You could never ever be one of the forerunners. One of the <laughs> you could never ever be a solution, a part of the solution, not knowing who the enemy is. How can you be a soldier at being Vietnam? Let's just take that war. How can you be a soldier to any level if you don't even know what a Vietnam, uh, you know, what the enemy looked like? I mean, how could you be any good to the military if you don't even know who your enemy is? Let me move fast fast to this list. Foreign affairs. Talked about that. Political. Political. In regards to political, y'all know that at the very bottom of the political arena, all you got to do is just look at the Capitol Hill. Who is represented but not represented? Who have congressmen there but they cannot even speak? I mean, they speaking, but it, it means nothing. I mean, because there is a power struggle. I mean, for real, for real. There are people that are really, truly standing on the head and the hard-earned money of so-called black people, African-Americans, politically speaking. I mean, they use us politically very much so. I'm not just talking about re, re, uh, redistricting and uh, and that. I'm talking about we elect people like President Barack Obama. But when he goes there, as much as I want to like him, and I do like him, his family, he goes there and he becomes just impotent. He cannot fight against those powers that be only the most high can put those powers down that that man is facing. So what? So so what that you put political people in office? The political arena is one of the clear areas where we suffer the most. Even in the era of entertainment in Hollywood, I wish I had Denzel to tell you about this one. He is vehemently against the racism that he experienced over his career in not just Hollywood, because entertainment is bigger than Hollywood, but he speak out on Hollywood and racism. But it is a big, big deal to have a starring role as a hero. It's a big, big deal. Just ask, ask the one and only Denzel Washington. He said it's a big, big, big deal. You got to go through a lot of hell to be a starring hero, especially if you're a black man. And we see the few that we see, and we just so happy to see them on the, on the stage. We don't ever think about this kind of stuff. But I'm telling you, 
there are for every one white, for every one black hero, so-called black hero, there probably is 40 white people starring in roles and looking more like the answer, you know. Anyway, but it's not just Hollywood people. It's entertainment, period. You can't even enjoy a game of NFL football without hearing all of the things that the players have done off the field that's not right. Sometimes I just want to turn it down. We suffer. Yes, they make millions of dollars, but the people that sign their checks make, oh, my goodness, that's what they should show sometime. How rich is these people's, uh, you know, yes, we have musicians, and yes, they're popular, and yes, they're all this, but, folks, you got to see, dude, you got to see what the people that sign their checks make. Economics. Economics is going to end this. Economics. Economics, economics. Who's charged the most? Overcharged, overpriced, overassessed. Who pays more for everything in any way? Services rendered. Who is rendered the premium service at the lowest cost? It ain't us. We're 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 given the inferior service at the most cost. And so you say, "Oh, you just bitching." No, I'm real. This is real talk tonight. This is real talk. Why? Why? And by the way, I call this Expo 30, 30 areas where we suffer more than any other people. Expo 30. So when you hear Brother Seth say Expo 30, he's getting ready to name them 30 areas. But economics, charge more, build more, build higher. You know, you walk into a Kroger, why is the prices higher in the hood than it is in any other place. Why do stores, they say, well, we've got to raise the prices for theft. Yeah, right, that's an old lie. Why do they charge more? And I know there may be questions in the uh, chat room. Just do my favor and let me get through the 30 and then ask your questions again. Or you can always call the phone line at 760-283-0838, and uh, we'll get to your question. But who's watched this? Look at the quality of, of products. Who gets the quality, the best quality of products? I mean, the quality just of service. You know, I was I was shocked to find out this, uh, that the whole thing with picking up trash, how political it, it can be. I'm from Cincinnati. Well, I'm from Texas, really, but I live in Cincinnati. And it's amazing how uh, this one particular area I live, how they choose when white people come around, how the trash people don't mind picking up on time, and it makes it look like when white people are around, they're cleaner. But when black people come around, they just get an attitude. They don't halfway pick up the trash. It makes it look like black people are dirty. But in reality, if you really study and really look and see who's dropping what, everybody litter. When they have, you know, Mayfest or any type of uh, uh, any type of uh, events for the public, uh, concerts, everybody litter. Uh, or almost everybody. Everybody seems to drop stuff sometimes. But I notice that when they go to clean up, it's, it's political. I mean, it's just simple, something as simple as picking up trash. But you would know that. You would just think, oh, look at these black people. Wherever they go, it's nasty. That's not true. A lot of black neighborhoods, the reason why they look so nasty is the people don't, the, they don't, they don't, they don't value the people enough to, to make sure they have a, a proper amount of people working the shift to clean up. And mainly they say it's because the people don't complain like white people complain. White people complain, that's why they get so much done. But I don't think it's this right at all. Yes, I'm telling you, in every single aspect of life, we suffer more than any other people. 
How about this vital information about economics, vital information about economics, uh, uh, borrowing tips, lending tips, investment tips? Who are privy to the secrets in being successful financially? I'm telling y'all, every single area of life, we suffer more than any other people. We suffer more than any other people. We build more. We have more fees to pay. Labor, labor with regards to jobs and and, and, um, working and employment and who's the first one hired, last one fired, don't, you know, who gets the raises, who gets the least amount of raises, who works the hardest, who's given the most work, who's given the least work, who's given the most credit for their jobs, who's given the most praise, who's who's given the most awards. Folks, this thing bears, I mean, it screams. For an answer, why? Why? Sooner or later, your your kids are going to sit on your knee, look at you in your eyes, those little eyes they got, and they're going to say, why? Sexually. Sexually. Who's up in this area more? Lies told about us. You know, that's changing, you know, for sure. But even a lot of unions today with whites and blacks is not total 100% wholesome. I'm not saying all of them are like this. I'm going to say it again. I'm not saying all interracial relationships are like this. But there is a lot of lies circles uh, circling our sexuality and us as a people. Okay? Please, I mean, you don't want me to get on this one. I mean, this whole thing, how we're always thinking about sex and over-sex and and um, superior lovers and penis supremacy and and, and sex tracks of sex trafficking in, in some of these poor nations. How we're enslaved. Dominican Republic is amazing. What I, I would just floor the Dominican Republic and Thailand is two of the top places for sex slaves, sex traffic. Non-white nations is getting this right here. They are suffering big time. People are, the game is you go into the Dominican Republic. A lot of French do this. They go in there and they get these girls, they promise them, you know, a better world once they get to France and they, and they get these papers together and they get them up out of the Dominican Republic. These girls get to France and they start trying to, you know, break away from these people for whatever reason. And they'll say, you know what, I'll report you to the put the, to the authorities because a lot of times they've got these passports illegally or the papers for these girls illegally. And when they start not acting right, not wanting to be their sexual slave for them and their uh, uh, businessmen, they threaten to report them and turn them into jail. So no girl is going to want to go to jail, be in prison in some foreign. It's enough to be away from home, but to be in jail, so they just stay slaves. I mean, these guys control. This is so real. Oh, this is Elford did a show on this several times, I think, and it's it's all over the uh, international uh, agencies that fight for these type of women. This right here is an old, 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 old thing. And, again, this is mainly non-white people, just in every single aspect of sexuality. How about fashion and beauty? It's changing. It is changing. They used to make fun of our lips and how our butts look and all that. Now they're injecting. But even in them injecting in lips, that's still an insult. It's like, you know, for one minute you 
condemn me and say, it's this and now you want to look. I mean, if you say, oh, Seth, let it go, let it go, let it go. No, no, no. we got to learn from the past. You don't hold grudges. I'm not in any way, any way encouraging anybody to hold grudges or to hate. That is not this show. Please, y'all should know better than that. Five Smooth Song is about love, love, love. The Bible says whatsoever that it's not done out of love is a sin. We are not going there, but we have got to examine the past to understand that not just the past, but the current and the future. Who are we? Why do we suffer? Why do we find ourselves at the bottom of society this late in the year? This In 2011, why are we going through this? Some of y'all just blowing up, oh, it's just because black people just black. Uh, this stuff is deeper than that. It's got to be deeper than that. How is it other nations can come over and thrive in this same situation? And we've been here. We can make white people rich, so-called white people, very, very wealthy. We can make them very, very wealthy. But it's something about when we try to work together. I submit to you that we are fulfilling prophecies. But before I get into that part, let me finish this list. Fashion and beauty. You know, just step back when you go to a Kroger's or when you go to a Tom Thumb or when you go to one of these major food chains or if you're anywhere where you see lots of magazines, just stand back, turn your hearing off, pretend you're deaf and you can't hear a thing. Just look at the images on the magazines. What is fashion? It is a white woman. What is beauty? Yes, black women have their beauty, and, you know, things are changing. They're changing, but make no bones about it, folks. Let's not be let's not be no fool. White women still rule the fashion world. Just go ask any top model. I saw the show where they went into uh, South Africa, and they was having these. No, they went into Africa, the continent of Africa, and they was trying to uh, find the top model, a top black model for Africa. And it was amazing how they tried to make those girls European and take from their natural culture features. And, I mean, I'm talking about even things all the way down to the clothes to wear, how clothes are made, who make the clothes, what are they made for, who are they made for. These clothes are not made by women the way they're shaped and designed, okay? Fashion and beauty is another area where we suffer at the very bottom. Agriculture with regards to farmers and what we went through in the area of agriculture. This is a major, major, major area of oppression where our farmers have went through hell, hell, hell. And y'all should be up on information on this one, okay? They just want a major lawsuit. And even with the millions that they're going to get from this lawsuit, it is still not going to right the wrong uh, 40 acres in a mule from that lie to just what they're doing our farmers to this very second I mean, people, agriculturally, we suffer, we suffer, we suffer. Civil rights, do I need to talk about civil rights? I kind of mentioned that earlier. But anyway, that's 30. There's 30 areas that I named, and again, we call this Expo 30. Expo 30. If anybody have any questions, post your questions now, because now I'm looking at the chat room, but I had to look down at my paper, and I couldn't focus because I had to uh, study the paper. Well, people... In every area of life, so-called black people suffer more than any other people. Why is that? Why is that? 
some of y'all say, oh, Brother Seth, that don't matter. we got to move on. Yeah, we got to move on. And you're right, we better move on. But how do you move on? Move on just ignoring the past? Move on just blindly? Just let's just move on. I mean, what do you mean by let's just move on? I should ask you that. What do you mean by that? The Most High tells us to be wise of the times. Folks, when I say something inside so strong, I want us to really, really understand something. And this is Brother Seth. The only thing I can share is what my life has been about. Everybody got a story. Everybody got something that they have strong that they can tell the world that is going to hold water, that's solid, that's truth. Everybody have a degree of truth. I'm just simply sharing with you all what I have found in my life to be I mean, concrete, every time I go with this particular thing, it works, and that is love. Love is a powerful force. Love, my friend, is a powerful, powerful force. And I mean, sometimes it looks like when you are the lover or the person that's walking in love and forgiveness, it looks like you're the fool. It looks like you're getting played. It looks like you're the stupid one. I mean, it really does. But when you begin to really look at it, the Bible says, you heat coals of fire over your enemy's head when you walk in love. You heat coals of fire over your enemy's head when you walk in love. Let me share a story, a very true experience I had. I went for this title company back in Texas back in the day, and I was at my desk, and uh, this secretary, black secretary, you know, the reason I say black, but uh, she, I think, liked me, and I didn't like her back, okay? This woman made my life hell. You know how some black women can do, not all black women, for real, for real. But this one had some issues, and she decided that she was going to make my life hell. Folks, she did a very good job of that. Listen to me. This girl, and I'm going to make you ready for that name because she don't know it. I'm not mentioning her last name, but her name is Linda. And I worked with this girl, and she constantly picked at me, constantly picked at me, and I was just about to just grab and choke her. I mean, I felt like this sometimes. And I remember going home and I read um, several scriptures that talk about this, but I read Proverbs 25 and uh, 22. It talks about heaping coals of fire on your enemy's head. Uh, again, Proverbs 25 and 22. It talks about heaping coals of fire upon your enemy's head. I'm going to actually read the scripture here. It says, Proverbs 25 and 22 says, if thine, well, it's out of 21. It says in verse 21, if thine enemy be hunger, hungry, give him bread to eat. This is your enemy. If thy enemy be hungry, give him bread to eat. And if he be thirsty, give him water to drink. This is your enemy now. For thou shalt heat coals of fire upon his head. And the Lord 
or the Most High shall reward thee. There's other scriptures in the New Testament that have the same principle. So I remember reading this when I went home and I was saying, I can't do nothing for this girl. I can't stand her. I just can't stand her. I didn't hate her, but I was like, I just can't stand her ways. And then I just remember the scriptures that I read. And no matter how we feel or how emotionally we get, it all boils down to the scriptures. We've got to line up our lives with the scriptures. If we don't, we lose. If we don't line up our lives and our thinking and our everything with the scriptures, we lose. We lose, people. You can say what you want to say. If you don't line up your thinking with a higher source, you lose. So I went on to work the next day and I said, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to. I'm going to try my best to do, be nice and say nice things to her. And I think in the New Testament it says something to the effect of overcome evil with good. Overcome evil with good. That's how it words it in, in the New Testament. Again, it says overcome evil with good. I want y'all to just remember this. This is, this is, this is a universal principle. And uh, this is Romans 11. Uh, Romans 11, hold on, Romans 12 and 21. It says, uh, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And there's other scriptures that say this too as well. So when I went to work the next day, this girl came and said right beside me as I was working at the computer, minding my own business. She said right beside me, I mean close enough for me to touch her. And she crossed her legs to where if I turned to the right, I would have bumped and hit her legs. She crossed her legs. Her big old legs were right there. And so, and she was just messing with me, right? So I was just, I said, here she go again. I felt myself just getting upset because she did this every day, you know, making all kind of loud jokes. And, just, and then I was trying to live right, and she'd make comments about my belief system. Anyway. All I could think of, I said, I said, Father, I have nothing to say to this girl. I have nothing to say to her. I can't overcome evil with good. I can't. I just can't. This is over. This is over my head. And I remember looking to the right, just enough to see her, the calf of her foot, her feet, her leg, and her shoe. All I could see was her shoe. I wouldn't dare to look at her. And I noticed she had some nice shoes on. So I looked at her and said, Linda, those are some really nice shoes. It took all of my intestines, my lungs, my heart to say that. I mean, it just, it, I mean, it was the hardest thing for me to do. I know, I know some of y'all are tripping because you're like, what? This is a compliment, but you don't know how much I dislike this girl. If I'm lying, what I'm about to tell you, I'm flying. This girl walked, immediately got up, walked over to her desk, and began to start crying as though somebody just called her and said, your mother just passed. She cried so hard that people came out of their cubicles and said, what's going on? What's going on? And she was just, (laughs) I mean, I'm telling you, if I'm lying, I'm flying now. I'm not saying this to just go so you can go around and mess with your enemies. And you know, I'm not talking about trying to vex her. I wasn't trying to vex her. I was just simply trying to do what the scripture says do. 
overcome evil with good. I can share with y'all many, many more stories, not just of my personal life, but friends have shared with me similar experience. My mother started this by me watching her, how she did her enemies. I'm telling you, sometimes it looks like you are in last place. Sometimes it looks like the good guy gets played, he got played, or the good girl gets played, you know, but we've got to just uphold that higher law and love your enemies. Some people say, and I've heard a lot of people on blog um, uh, talk and just in life, really, everywhere, Facebook, I've heard lots of people with this philosophy that the white man is the enemy. White man is enemy, you know. That's you know. Some of y'all still saying Esau. Where y'all getting that from? That's so unscriptural. But anyway, folks, you cannot defeat so-called white America with hate. I'm telling you, some people got something for you. They specialize in little guys like you doing just that. They specialize in defeating you. I mean, there's billions of dollars set up to catch and to oppress the little guy, the short guy, the not short as in stature, but the so-called powerless masses. They got billions of dollars to make sure you do not win that fight. You ever want to go to weapons and hatred and all the things they've done to us over the years, you are going to lose, and I'm going to tell you something else, your children are going to lose. And I do not want my children to inherit curses and and, and harvest from where I've sowed bad choices, bad seeds. telling y'all, y'all are going down a serious road of error when you start talking about white men as Esau, he hates us, he did blah, 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 blah. Listen. The white man ain't done nothing more than what our forefathers have allowed him to do through their rebellion. I'm talking about Israelites right now. I'm talking about so-called African Americans. The true identity of them is Israelites. Our forefathers rejected the Most High. We we killed the Messiah. Okay, we just murdered him. We didn't even see him coming because of our rebellion, because of our constant rebellion. The Most High just blinded us to where we wouldn't even see the Messiah. We rejected him. The Gentiles were engrafted into our commonwealth. They were engrafted in to serve and to be a part of the blessings of Israel. All of the blessings that the Most High told Abraham he was going to inherit, the Gentiles were able to get through our rebellion. And then our further rebellion caused us to be put in slave ships and taken, you know, dispersed throughout Africa and and I know we all initially started in Africa. I ain't hating on Africa, but I'm saying everybody started in Africa. Everybody. every If you are a human being, you had your roots in Africa. Okay? But I'm saying the Most High called a nation. And we are from Israel. Or Yisrael, the proper name. Okay? And it, we went through this, and we, we have went through that whole, all of this, Turmoil and pain that I just named the thirty areas what we call what I call the Expo Thirty. We went through all we're at the bottom of society in all of those areas because we're fulfilling what the Most High said He would do to Israel if and when they not teach their children 
his laws and statutes and teach them to teach their children his laws and statutes. That's why the white man has gotten this new job. He's been called in to do an assignment. He's just the bus company that the most I use to transport us to the Americas. This white man is so limited. Do you have any idea who you're talking about? This is the newest nation of people on the planet. There was no white people in ancient history as a nation. This is a brand new nation. The most I calls them a weird name. His army. His army. His army. Go figure that one. Joel 2. Turn to the book of Joel 2, and you'll see where he calls them his army. Some of y'all think I'm making this stuff up. Let me get my Bible out on y'all. The Most High calls these people his army. They are coming to, to, to cause death and destruction, and he calls them his army. They are coming to bring captivity like there's never been before, and he calls them his army. They rush on the city. They run on the wall, and he calls them his army. Why would the Most High be involved with using so-called Europeans to do, to bring captivity upon the planet like never before, and he's going to turn around and call them his army? Because he's using them to punish the nations of the world because these nations of the world, vast, well, vastly, are all non-white. We're talking about non-white. We're talking about the Most High using a newly formed, no-pigmented people that migrated from Africa into the hills and the caves of Europe to the Caucasus Mountains. These are us. They're not white people like some other people. They are black folks. There's no such thing as us versus them. You really know what you're talking about. Now watch this. I want y'all to turn in your Bible, because I know how I sound. I know I sound like I'm smoking on something. Turn in your Bibles, please, to Joel 2. Joel 2. Joel 2. You'll turn to Joel 2. It says this. Now, it's called, now he's calling it his army. This is the people y'all want to demonize and make like they're somebody else, like they come from some other They are us. It's us with no pigmentation. Every non-white nation can produce a blonde-haired, blue-eyed person. How do y'all feel? How do y'all? We're addressing hate tonight. This is racial matters and solutions. We're addressing hate tonight. And I'm and I'm coming at this whole Edomite theory, and I'm coming at a lot of things all at one time by this Joel too. Check this out. Blow ye the trumpet in Zion and sound an alarm in my holy mountain. That's Israel. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord or the day of the Most High cometh. Watch this. For it is nigh at hand. A day of darkness and a day of gloominess. This is not some good. A day of clouds and of thickness. As the morning spread upon the mountains, a great people and a strong there hath not ever, there hath not been ever the like. The most high said there's never been a people like these people. 
neither shall there be any more after Whoever these people are, there is never going to be a people like them. There was not a people like them before them, and there's not a people like them after it. You just read that. I just read that. Neither shall be any more after it, even to the years of many generations. Watch this. A fire devoured before them, and before them a flame burning. The land is as the Garden of Eden before them, and and behind them a desolate wilderness. Yea, and nothing shall escape them. Yea, and nothing shall escape them. Yea, and nothing shall escape them. Watch this. The appearance of them is as the appearance of horses and of horsemen. So shall they run. Like the, like, in other words, the mannerism of horses, strong people. Like the noise of chariots on the top of mountains shall they leap. Like the noise of a flame of fire they divide the stubble. And a strong people set, excuse me, as a strong people set in battle in array. Before their faces the people shall be much pain. In other words, people see them, they're going to be afraid. Before their face. The people shall be much pain. All faces shall gather blackness, meaning sadness. They shall run like mighty men. They shall climb the wall like men of war. They shall march every one on his ways, and they shall not break their ranks. They're going to be unified. Verse 8, neither shall one thrust another. They shall walk every one in his path, and when they fall upon the sword, they shall not be wounded. In the United States, there are some people when they come upon calamity, they are better off after the calamity than they were before the calamity. Somebody breaking and steal their stuff, they're better off after the thief leaves. These people. Watch this. They shall run to and fro in the city. They shall run up on the wall. They shall climb up on the houses. They shall enter in at the windows like a thief. The earth shall quake. The earth shall quake. They're going to take the whole earth captive. Watch this. Watch. Stay with me, people. You're about to find out. You're about to read in this Bible where the Most High say he sent these people. He sent these people. Well, I thought the Most High couldn't do no wrong. He ain't doing wrong. He's simply rewarding the wicked, us, our foreparents, having retur- having abandoned him. And not just Israel, but other nations of the world. Listen to this. The earth shall quake before them. The heavens shall tremble. The sun and the moon shall be dark, and the stars shall withdraw their shining. Number verse 11. And the Most High shall utter his voice. Before his army Again And the It says Lord but we know that Lord wasn't there The Lord shall utter his voice Before his army He's going to utter his voice Before his army In other words he's calling them So when Pope Julius Pope Urban II Commissioned those Crusaders those white people To go down to Israel and take that land and millions of white men start to pour down into Israel 
That's prophetic. Jeremiah 1, I'm not reading it right now. We're on uh, Joel 2, but Jeremiah 1, the Bible says that Moses said he's, he, he commissioned all of the families of the north, all of the families of the north, all of the families of the north. Jeremiah 1. I'm going to read that. I think I will read it. But, you know, all of the families of the north that the Most High called into Israel to take that land from his chosen people. That's why Israel is light, lighting up a little because there's still dark-skinned people there. But that's why it has got light in that region. Millions of white people were sent by the Most High through the mouth of these, these, these popes. Yes, they was wicked people, but these wicked people was used. The most I can use whoever he wants, the righteous and the wicked. All of us respond in the game to this powerful being. Listen to this, and I don't mean to make this sound like we don't have no value. It says, and the most I shall utter his voice before his army, for his camp is very great. His camp, call him his camp. For he is strong that executed his word. For he is strong, talking about the, talking about the people from the north. Now, later on, you're going to see, like in Jeremiah 1, it's going to actually tell you where these people come from. It don't make no, it's very clear scriptures. It says he called this nation from the north, from the north, from the north. What's north of Israel? What's north of Jerusalem or Jerusalem? What's north? European. So who are you talking about when you're talking about hating a white man? It's ludicrous. Number one, the white man Come from yo from us. We are white people, basically, but we just covered with melanin, something that the Most High gave us when He created us, and we start lacking it as we begin to sin and become suffering from vitiligo, either losing our pigmentation slow or being born without um, uh, our covering, our brown, our earth, okay which is a form of leprosy, a type of leprosy, one type of leprosy. We've talked about that in the past. Check the archives out, Bible leprosy. But let's finish reading it. And the Most High shall utter his voice before his army, for his camp is very great. For he is strong that executed his word. For the day of the Most High is great and very terrible. And who can abide it? Wow. Wow. Therefore, also now said the Most High, turn ye even to me with all your heart. That's the solution. You want to know how to change this around? You don't blast white people talking about they eat a mice, getting on the, you know, getting on your horse, you know. No, that's not what you do. Therefore, also now said the Most High, turn ye even to me with all your hearts, and with fasting, and with weeping, and with mourning, and rend your heart. And not your garment Don't tear your garments like David did You know When he was rejoicing Or when he got when they got angry back in the day They would tear their garments He said no Tear your heart Rend your heart And not your garments And turn unto the most high Your Elohim For he is gracious Or God For he is gracious and merciful Slow to anger He's slow to anger He's been waiting on these people to repent for a long time. They'll do this butt-whipping, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness, and of great kindness. This is your father, and of great kindness, 
and of great kindness and repentance him of his evil or he will change it. That's all that means. Mm-mm-mm. So he goes on to say, who knoweth if he will return and repent and leave a blessing upon him, even a meal offering and drink offering upon the Lord your God. Blow ye the trumpet in Zion, sanctify a fast, call a solemn assembly, gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the elders, gather the children, and those that suck the breast, let them let the bridegroom go forth out of his chamber, and let the bride out of her closet, let the priest, excuse me, let the priests, the ministers of the Lord, weep between the porch and the altar, and let them say, Spare thy people. This is what you're supposed to be crying out. Spare thy people, O Most High, and give not thine heritage, give not thy heritage to reproach, that the heathen should rule over them. Wherefore should they say among the people, Where is their God? It's what the heathen going to say. See, this is the heathen that the Most High have called. They're not no righteous people. Because they're going to turn around and say, where is thy God? This is the very people that the Most High call his people. <laughs> he used these wicked people to chastise his people, and these wicked people are definitely wicked because they say things like, where is thy God? <laughs> Verse 18, but eventually, then will the Most High be jealous for his land and pity his people. That is beautiful news to your ears should be. If y'all listen to what I'm saying right then, you should be smiling for verse 18. Joel 2.18 says, Then will Most High be jealous for his land and pity his people. He's going to have pity on us. He is going to have pity upon us. He's going to remember our pain. I told you the show is about solutions. He is going to remember our pain. He's going to get jealous of these people mocking us and making fun of us and he's going to pity his people. He is going to pity his people. Verse 19 says, Yea, the Most High will answer and say unto his people, Behold, I will send you corn and wine and oil, and you shall be satisfied therewith, and I will no more make you a reproach among the heathen. Our time of deliverance is coming, folks. Jeremiah 1. Well, then we'll finish our little talk for that. I didn't mean to turn this into a Bible study, but it always is a Bible study when you apply to this song. Y'all know that. Listen to this. Jeremiah 1 and 14, a few verses and it will be done. Jeremiah 1 and 14. Then the Most High said unto me, Jeremiah, out of the north, out of the north, out of the north, and evil shall break forth upon all the inhabitants of the land. What's north of Israel? Britain. Spain, Germany, for lo, I will call all of the families of the kingdoms of the north. For lo, I will call all of the families of the kingdoms of the north. I don't get on y'all's nerve when I repeat stuff, but it's a reason I do it. For lo, I will call all. Is France north? I will call them. Is Spain? I will call them. Czechoslovakia, I will call them, all of those white nations. That's the most highest army. 
they have a calling too. Until a certain time, until the Gentiles, until the time of the Gentiles, these people, that's a whole other scripture. I ain't going to read that though. For lo, I will call all of the families of the kingdoms of the north, said the Most High, and they shall come and they shall set everyone. They shall set everyone. Every one of those people is going to set his throne up at the entering of the gates of Jerusalem and against all of the walls thereof about and all of the cities of Judah. They're going to flood the Holy Land. Got a question for all of those who believe that the people in Israel today are the real authentic Israelites. If they're the real authentic Israelites, when did this scripture be fulfilled? <laughs> I'm going to say it again. For those of you that think the people in Israel are the true Israelites, the true Jews of the Bible, if they are, when did this scripture be fulfilled that the Most High flooded Israel with a bunch of white people from Europe? Verse 16. For lo, it says, I will utter my judgments against them, touching all their wickedness. He's talking about his people. I will utter my judgments. What is the Most High doing with these people? I will utter my judgments. What judgments? The same thing Moses said that will happen to Israel in Deuteronomy 28. The same thing that Moses told Israel would happen to them in Deuteronomy 28. Remember verse 46 when he said, And these things are going to be upon y'all forever. Well, here it is, right here in verse 16. I will utter my judgments against them, touching all their wickedness, who have forsaken me and have turned incense, incense, incense unto other gods and worship the works of their own hand. That's what your forefathers did. That is your enemy, Israelites. That is your enemies, black people. Our, our foreparents, if you want to be upset with somebody, you should be upset with yourself and start making sure you don't do the same thing. Make sure your kids are taught. Make sure your kids know the heritage. Make sure your kids know these scriptures. Make sure your kids know to tell their kids, and that way you, you, you're being a part of the solution. Our white man is not our problem. So back to the conversation at hand. Something inside so strong. What do we ever do to be so hated? This is it. We forsaken the Most High, and we automatically cause certain prophecies to go into action against us. The Most High says, Amos three and two, verse, Book of Amos three, uh, Book of Amos chapter three, verse two. Of all the nations of the earth, you have I known. Of all the nations of the earth. You have I known. I don't know all these other folks. I don't know them. <laughs> Let me look at this chat room. I hadn't looked at the chat room in a while. I'm so sorry, y'all. Okay, let's see here. Somebody said Titus 3 and 9. Brian WV says Titus 3 and 9. I hadn't spoke with, I think I spoke with Brian a good while back. It says, but avoid Judas' questions and genealogies and contentions and strivings about the law, for they are unprofitable in vain. I hope he's not saying that's what we're doing, because we're looking at the scriptures and we're getting into uh, what the scriptures are saying. Some of y'all need to call the phone lines and make clear and clarify what you're saying. If, uh, if I didn't get that right, I think I got it right though. 
So anyway, uh, okay, let's see here. But folks, I'm looking through this chat room, and uh, they've asked questions earlier. But anyway, hopefully I've answered a lot of the questions. You know that may be opposed, but like I said, if y'all want to have, if you want to ask questions, go ahead and put the question and then ask it, and we'll try to get an answer. But folks, listen, I asked the question in the description page. What did we do that was so wrong? I'm gonna. I want y'all to hear this song one more time. I played this early, but a lot of y'all didn't hear it because this song is powerful. And those of you who heard it before, hopefully you enjoyed it. You know, I hear it again. But uh, I want the people that didn't hear this earlier to hear this and tell me what you think. What does it do to your spirit to hear this song? This should, if you have any spirit in you, it should touch it. Check this out. We'll be right back after this short song.
some of the comments made. Let me tell y'all something. And I know I'm just one person, but like Paul said, I do have the Holy Spirit. Folks, if it ain't love, we're going to lose. I don't care. There has been no people on this planet that have convinced me they are worth hating. Nobody. White people look to be sometimes so powerful, but when you really look really close, it's an illusion. They're some of the most emptiest people and they hide behind their money. Not all white people, uh, not all black people, not all white people. There's always exceptions to rules. But I'm talking about the vast majority of white people I see that looks to be very comfortable in establishing ruling over, ruling over. Look real close. You know, the hood is a strange place. The hood is supposed to be a place where you're supposed to be at the very bottom, you know, welfare mothers raising single, you know, raising their kids, single parents, and Men that are there oftentimes disrespecting and say that they don't care about they don't care about that. But you know, I was one of those persons that was raised up in the low income neighborhood, and I'm telling you, I'm I still think that one of the biggest kept secrets in the world is how the inner city have made the United States. 
You look at the people that we look up to, the greatest people, most of them come from the hood. It's almost like the hood is where the fire comes from. You know, you go to the hood, what do you see? You see a lot of people laughing. You see more smiles in the hood and more genuine people down the earth. As a matter of fact, why would a white woman leave a, a pricey neighborhood and go, want to go and marry and be with a black, young black male, or in some cases even older, in the hood? Why? You would think if the suburbs was all that, one white person should never, ever in a billion years come to the uh, hood if it was as bad as the way it really is, the way they say. And you would think every black person would be trying to make their way and hang out excuse me, in the suburbs to try to, you know, get a piece of the pie, so to speak. But it's the extreme opposite. You ride through the suburbs, it's quiet. Neighbors don't seem to know each other. How many times you've heard people that, you know, some of us have moved out there and we have heard these and, and some of us have lived this ourselves. We don't know our neighbors. We don't know them folks. And I really think the most high, that's not the way he wants his kingdom. Actually, borrowing sugar from your neighbor ain't a bad thing. Because when you get the sugar, oftentimes that leads up other conversations like, how are you doing? Well, I ain't seen your baby. Where's your baby at? I heard your boy went off to college. And that starts up. It's okay to need each other, but the problem I have is somebody knocking on your door every day needing sugar. But I'm just saying, in the hood, we didn't have nobody knocking on your door every day. And if it was a few people that did that, they got told off. I don't think everything about our upbringing was wrong. I think that We've been lied to. Anything black, so-called black, is always put down. It's always made fun of. And, folks, we got to be wise and smart. We have just been lied to about who we are as a people. End of story. There's a lot of valuable people, valuable things that go on with humble people. And I'm not saying the hood, everybody's perfect. But I'm saying oftentimes when you don't have a lot of financial things that the world call, that's that's the way the world system is. You judge by your finances. And so when you don't have, it has a tendency to humble you. And the most high can use people in that humble state. That's one of the characteristics. He, that's one of the things he needs is people that are humble. So when you think you're at the bottom of your society or people are making fun of you and you feel like you're at the bottom for whatever reason, you have a tendency to open up to the most high more. And this is why I think black people are more spiritual. I'm not trying to pit one against the other. I'm just saying there are some culture traits about us. But uh, uh, the song was talking about something inside so strong. You know, the more you, you build your barriers, you know, uh, how how that this person's going to keep trying and, and they're going to overcome them. We just got to remember that that thing, that something inside, that something is the power of the Most High inside of us. It's the spirit, the human spirit, especially when it mingles with the Holy Spirit. You become a force to reckon with. So what Brother Seth is sharing tonight, we're not playing. This is not a time just to be chatting, just to be chatting, just to tell off white people, just to make fun of jokes and stuff. This is serious. At least I'm serious. I really, really, really want us to get this message. White man is not our enemy. To even say that or imply that 
makes them look like Superman. Well, how can a man rule over another man? The only way they're able to do this is the Most High have come against us. It is him that has come against us. This is the reason we have not been able to rise. But you do know, I read the scripture, I just read it to you, where he said he was going to get jealous at the people that rule over us because they was going to, going to at some point, start boasting and saying, they're the ones that's controlling us and not giving the proper credit. Because the powers that be, unlike the white person next door, the powers that be, they know exactly who we are. This whole Israelite thing may be new to you, but it is not new to people that run the world. They run history. They run the museums. They have all types of artifacts that say exactly what we're saying. It's not a mystery to us, to them. They know exactly who we are. Or as a matter of fact, some of them have became born again, and they are responsible for this movement. They have put the word out there. They have put the word out there. Of course, the Most High is using them. But I'm just saying, folks, we got to get this straight. We got to get this straight. White people come from black people. White people is black people just with no pigmentation. We should call each other pigmented people versus non-pigmented people and non-pigmented people. That's the way we should say it, really, because we get confusing with this white and black thing. Every single non-white nation can produce a white person. Africa is full of white people. Blonde hair, blue eyes, they just as white as white come. And I know some of y'all say, yeah, but they got that kinky hair. Well, what happened when Indians, dark-skinned Indians with uh, similar hair to so-called white people, when they have albinos, vitiligo. Again, we talk about this in the leprosy series. Please listen to the archives and check this out, uh, and uh, check out this uh, whole teaching on leprosy, okay? So I just want you all to think about this, really think about this. And, folks, hatred ain't going to get you nowhere I'm telling you, we have got to do like the scripture says, overcome evil with good. He calls the fire upon our enemies, you know, Black people have always been able to have this little arrogance in, in saying, we doing, we're going to do you right. You, you may do us wrong, but we're going to do you right. And we watch uh, some of our white brothers and sisters over the years. I, I know I've seen some of my mother, you know, and older people. They love these white people into submission. These white people end up saying, oh, sometimes on their deathbed, I'm sorry. I want to be on that hand. I want to have my enemies to say, I'm sorry. I remember a story that a lady shared with me. She had a friend. They went to a mixed church, uh, in a uh, mixed church, and uh, one of the members of the church happened to be a so-called white brother was dying. And on his deathbed, and remember they go to the same church, he tells this black woman to pray for him. And he, he says in a way where he keeps telling her to pray, and she said, well, you know, whatever his name was, you should pray for yourself also. He said, yeah, but he said, I pray for myself. She said, well, you, she said, do you believe? Do you believe in what you're asking? He said, yeah. But he just didn't talk with confidence. She said, she said what is it? She said, she said, you do believe? He said, yeah, but I just, he said, we're not. Listen to this. He said, we are not like y'all. She said, well, what do you mean? I don't know what his name was. I'll just say Johnny. She said, what do you mean, Johnny? He said, we're not like y'all. She, she said, what do you mean? He said, you people are more spiritual than we are. 
And he on his deathbed. This ain't no time to be playing the games. You going you want somebody to pray that can show enough touch the most high. What I'm trying to say is I'm not, and I hope I'm not presenting this as though black people are some way superior, cause they're not. They're really not. I'm just saying when you are more in a more, we talked about earlier how we're at the bottom of every every single aspect of society. Oftentimes when you're at your lowest, you are humbled by it. Not always. A lot of white people that they bottom, and they are humbled by that experience, and the most I can use them. The most I can use you at your most humble state, but that don't mean you have to be poor. You can be wealthy and be humble. You just choose to be humble and seek to be humble. You don't have to not have money to be humble. Most I ain't just using poor folks. But I tell you one thing, he's using more people at their wit's end than people that is rich and feel like they don't need the Messiah. I know I got that right. Let's do this. Want to just uh, uh, just do a hear a word from my sponsors. I need to take a drink uh, real quick. Uh, got some tea and honey. I ain't I haven't even sipped on yet. So let me just take a sip while y'all listen to a word from one of our sponsors. Okay. Shalom. My name is Kingdom. I am a website designer. And I want to thank you for listening to our Smooth Stone Radio. If you need a website for your business, your ministry, or just personal, you can go to practicalwebsolution.com. That is practicalwebsolution with no S dot com. Or you can call me for a free consultation at 954-372-7469. That is 954-372-7469. And I want to thank you all for listening to Five Smooth Stone Radio, where the truth of the biblical Hebrews are being brought forth during these last days, where Israel, the Israelites of the Bible, are awakening from amnesia to its true identity. The Hebrews of the Bible, which are called the Israelites, are so-called modern-day Negroes, all the large tribes of Israel, which are scattered all over this planet. Come down by the set on a weekly basis right here, right here on Block Talk Radio, as we embark on a challenging journey to assemble the large tribe of Israel, God's chosen people. Yes, the Israelites are God's chosen people. And we are going to go back to our land. There will never be peace in the Middle East till God's chosen people are back in the land. Shalom, shalom. And that is true. That is true. And while we're on it, let me just say this. The Most High made man out of the dust of the earth. That's what the Bible says. He said to Adam, Adam, after Adam had failed and sinned, I want everybody to listen to this. For those that may not believe that so-called black people are the natural biological descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, I want you to really think about what I'm about to say. Please listen to what I'm about to say. You know, those of y'all that are visiting this site, you're visiting this, this chat room, I know I can't tell you what to do, but just, just you know, as a host, I'm asking you to just simply consider what I'm saying right now. There's lots of reasons we can see very clearly who Israel is. And it's very important we know who Israel is because the Bible is not going to make sense as far as end-time prophecies. 
We're not going to understand why the things that happened to African Americans have happened to them. Why was they brought over in slave ships? Why did it take so long for them to get out of slavery? Why they can't seem to come together? Some people just don't believe in the supernatural. The Most High is real. And these prophecies we are living out, and most of us don't even know nothing about the prophecies. How can you live out something and you don't even know what the book says? That is obviously we are prophetic people. We are fulfilling prophecy. But listen to this. More clearly, i got other things I want to say. The Bible said most, the most high made man out of the dust of the earth. There's brown dust. There ain't no white dust, okay? It, it ain't no beige dust. There's no, nothing on the earth is the color of white people. This is with all love and respect. I'm not on the hatred thing, okay? I'm talking about science. Brown dust. Now watch this. Some people say, well, how do you know what dust he makes man out of? Well, watch this. He's about to tell us. He said, Adam, after you have fallen since he fell after he, after the aid of the forbidden fruit, he said, dust thou art. We can't see how he looks, so we don't know what color the dust was. But watch this. He says, in dust shall thou return. That we can see. We can go see that. We can go see that. We can see what man turned to. Let's go dig up some dead people that's been dead hundreds of years and when they're just totally, you know, let's see what color that dirt is. What did they turn to? Anything that has life after it's dead and perished, what does it turn to? It all turned to humans, H-U-M-M-A-S, that dark, dark soil. That's the color of Adam. Thus thou art, and thus shalt thou return. That's the first thing you should write down. But then there's other proof. There was a lot of mixing with Israel. Let's say Israel was white. When Jacob went to Egypt, he was white. Him and his sons and children, when, when Joseph called for his daddy, let's say the, the, the family that came up to Egypt, they was white. Let's just say that. Egypt was black, folks. There is no white scholar that says Egypt was white. All the scholars say Egypt was black. Everybody know that. Not not black like it is today. Light skin, all this that all this stuff is new. That's a dark land. When Israel went into Egypt, they mixed. You know what happens in slavery. They have a way to just get in there and control you and they end up mixing, you know, you having sex with them. You think it's your choice, but you've really been controlled by those that have power over you. And they was there for a long time, folks. The Bible says 400 years. What does the Bible say? Now watch this. Even if they was white, they mixed so with the Egyptians. They're no longer white now. But that ain't even enough. They went into another land called Canaan land and did the same thing mixed with those people. Folks, every Sunday, Five Smooth Stones at 11.30 p.m. deals with this subject. This is when we go into the scriptures, heavy scriptures, into scriptural proof. We, the name of the show is Proof of Biblical Black Jews 101. Proof of Biblical Black Jews 101. Instead of being, I'm asking everybody to please, please, Follow, and this is for, you know, I know some conversation in the chat room about this earlier, but what I'm saying is 
please follow that teaching. We go into a lot of scriptures, and then we start talking about science. We pull out all the everything, all the stocks. So anyway, the original people of the book were dark-skinned people. In the Bible, there was no white nation. There is no such thing as a white nation. Japheth descendants, no, they weren't white. Japheth descendants or Yahweh descendants was black, a dark-skinned people, a dust-colored people. Noah had three sons. Noah was dust-colored. Japheth was dust-colored. Ham was dust-colored. Shem was dust-colored. If any one of them was white, they would have got wiped out by the black dominant of the black gene. And the one that they say was white or white people come from is Japheth, and he had the smallest amount of kids. He would be threatened the most. It don't make sense. Some of this stuff folks saying they need to think about it. Let me tell y'all something. If I was on a plane and I asked this white man, very nice gentleman, I said, do you want to see white people? We were talking about this very thing, racism. I said, do you want to see white people live forever? And he looked at me like I was crazy, like that he got offended. I said, well, who was having a good conversation? When I said that, he looked a little offended. He said, well, wouldn't you like to see black people live forever? I said, yeah, yeah. I said, but wouldn't you like to see white people live forever? He said, well, yeah, sure. I say, would you like to see everybody love and forget color and just forget this foolishness? And just, as Martin Luther King Jr. said, you know, deal with people, date people, marry people based upon character. And love in one another, loving your brother, be colorblind. He said, Oh, Lord, yes, I'd love to see that. That's what he said. Would, he, would you like to see it? J Dub, Kingdom, Righteous Thoughts, all of the guests in the chat room, those of you on the, on the phone line, would y'all like to see everybody love and just forget color, be colorblind? Here's a problem we have with that. If we all forgot about color and loved each other, just forgot about racism and just forgave everybody, forgive everybody, the white people of the earth, which there are 8% right now, 8% of the earth is Caucasian, we would wipe them out. Not their soul, they'll continue to exist as people and their children, their children, their children, their lineage will stay intact, but they won't be white. So the thing that is in danger is white skin. But white skin is not something white people need to fight for, fight to preserve, because the only thing, if love and forgetting color and, and, and being colorblind wipe you out, should you preserve that? Should you preserve something that love erases? This ain't hatred. Think about what I'm saying. I'm preaching love. If we loved and forgot about color, we would erase white people. Now, I got something for you. If love erase you, what preserve you? If love erase you, what preserve you? This is what Dr. Francis Chris Welsing, this is what her whole life is about. She believes, of course we know that the Most High is behind all this, but she believes that is the reason for white supremacy. They are trying to survive as a people. It's 
episode, if they make black folks look like the devils and monsters, as Farrakhan call it, their women will run from black men. If they make us look like heathens and and, 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 and over sex and like animals, I always think about the sex and sports and just physically superior to them and all that monster stuff, their women will not find us attractive and their men will not find our women attractive and they'll continue to mate among themselves and they can exist as the people. Dr. Wilson has brilliantly talked about this in the ISIS paper. This is the basis for white supremacy. They try to exist as a nation, but guess what? The Most High never gave them the authority to. So if love, being colorblind, Cause everybody to just mix, 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 and that that annihilates the people, wipes out a uh, white skin. It then goes to olive, and the more olive mixed with black, it goes to dark, and eventually you get back to brown dirt. If that wipes you out, what preserve you? Like Dr. Francis Chris Wilson say, you need these lies from white supremacy. They need lies. They need lies. They need deception. They need ignorance. They need lies. They need deception. They need ignorance to exist as a people. This is not a slap in the face of my white brothers and sisters. This is a fact. This is how you preserve white skin. It has to mix among itself without any interruption from the so-called melanated person. I know I got that right. I know I got that right. I know I got that right. J-Dub said, no whites in the Bible. J-Dub went on to say, um, no thanks. If I could push a button and be rid of whites, you know they would be gone. If it was a kid in life, or white infant, guess who would be dead? Hint, I need a little box. Like I say, folks, you know, I'm not promoting hatred. I'm promoting love. I want us to be colorblind. I want us to look at people the conscience of character. I'm trying to kill the racial myth. The whole purpose of this show, Racial Matters and Solution, is to show the fallacy of black inferiority white supremacy, which we call racism, or racism we call white supremacy slash black inferiority. We're attacking these lies. We're attacking these lies. A lot of my white brothers and sisters, they they, they are more, more down with this than some of us are. Folks, we've run out of time. i got 90 seconds, 90 seconds, so I'm going to go ahead and wrap this show up. Uh, I want to thank everybody in the chat room. I want to thank everybody in the uh, on the phone lines. Uh, y'all listen, that's good. A lot of chat is going on in the chat room. I uh, tried to read back, but it was just too much, too much information, a lot of chatting. Folks, if you really like what's going on here at Five Smooth Stone, follow the show. Follow the show. Please follow the show, okay? So anyway, got a little something for you as we leave. This this song is very sobering. 
and uh, I think it's probably the best thing you can play for about uh, now. Anyway, love every one of you, and nothing you can do about it. Shalom, shalom, awake Zion, put on thy strength. Put on thy strength, true Israel. Oh uh-huh. 